as long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. Morning news on 710 KURV. Top newsmakers. Here's Sergio Sanchez. Dr. Guy Bailey, President UTRGV, joining us on the program again. Well, congratulations. We understand that leadership up in Austin, the region, said yes to a new piggy bank or increasing the piggy bank at the local level in fees for the football program and, and other things. So let's start with the football program and, and the fee that will soon be chargeable. What is that, Dr. Bailey? Well, thank you very much. It's a, uh, just an increase in the athletics fee that would uh, help fund a variety of things uh, uh, in our campus life. And football, of course, is the one that catches the most attention. But it also includes women swimming and diving, uh, increase in spirit, uh, you know, the cheer and all of the things like that, uh, and the marching band, and a marching band on both campuses. And so... Uh, it's a significant uh, uh, enhancement of our student life. And uh, the good news is that because of our tuition guarantee and other things, the vast majority of our students won't won't be affected by this at all, I think. Yeah. Only about 12% of our students pay full tuition and fees. So the uh, not many students will be uh, affected, but it's a, it's a wonderful enhancement for their activities and their engagement with our campus and of course the community is excited as well what's the price tag overall for the football program and the other programs like the swimming program for women and diving that that meets that helps us comply with title nine requirements right so what's the price tag for everything dr b muscle minerals well the the total price tags uh, when all of this is done uh, and again, some of this is one-time expense, some of it ongoing expense. But you're probably looking at about $10 million, and we've already raised close to $3 million in private funds. And so, okay. and we, we've really just started there. So a good bit of this will be funded by private money and through sponsorships. There we and go. So, uh, as, as I said, we've... Uh, uh, Right at, we're just under three million right now in private fundraising, and our sponsorships and ticket sales have increased pretty dramatically in athletics since Chase Cock became a, our AD. And uh, so, a good bit of this will be funded from private sources and sponsorships. Dr. Guy Bailey, President UTRGV, our university getting the green light from Regents up in Austin to go ahead and move forward with the football program and other programs at the university that that also includes a band so when you say there's excitement i'm guessing you've got some local business that have already committed to sponsorships and advertising they're just looking forward chomping at the bit for 2025 to show up that's exactly right and uh again chase uh, can give you some of the details of that 
but th- there's a great deal of excitement about this. And and uh, again, we have we have not been very active in fundraising. We've certainly done some, but until the Board of Regents gave us their approval, we've we've sort of kept this in a low key manner. And if if you, if you can raise nearly three million in a low key manner, as uh, as once the board approves, uh, we think that'll step up even more. So, uh, and we we're very excited about that. As uh, we kick off Lord Welling in 2025, what division, what ranking, I'm not ranking, what division, what, uh, how do we, um, who do we play when it comes to 2025? <laughs> well, of course, we're, we're NCAA Division One. We're in the Western Athletics Conference. The football uh group that we'll be in is the FCS group. Now, there, there are two groups, an FBS group, and that's the the bowl group that plays for the national championship, the Alabamas and the Texas and Texas A&Ms. And the FCS group has a championship playoff. Sam Houston State won it, uh, I think, year before last. And, uh, and so uh, Sam Houston State's currently in our athletics conference. Uh, but uh, North Dakota uh, State wins that frequently. You, you, in, you, so that that group, there is a, a playoff every year uh, in FCS football, <clears throat> and that's really where you need to start. A football program at UTRGV, what is, how does that help you with recruitment and try to fatten up the roles over at the university? Well, what it really does, uh, it provides more engagement of your students on campus. By the way, the things that will really help us with the re- recruitment most are marching band and spirit because so many students participate in those. And we okay. lose, lose a lot of students who want to be in the band, so they go to <clears throat> to uh, uh, Kingsville, they go up to Kingsville or to A&M or to Texas Tech. And so those students can stay here. They have the opportunity here to participate in band and spirit. What, what football and other things do, they help students become more engaged on your campus. And if you look at retention and graduation rates, uh, students who are more engaged on campus, who live on campus, who, who are more involved in campus life, graduate at higher rates. And so uh, that's an important, I mean, this has an academic implication as well. Where do you see uh, Dr. Guy Bailey, president of UTRGV, joining us again? Green light for the UTRGV Vaqueros, the football program that, that will also help uh, create the women's diving, women's swimming program, the marching band as well. Uh, the football program, Doc, where do you see the team playing? Uh, is that developing maybe into Edinburgh or might Brownsville or uh, other portion of the campus. Well, we, we intend we intend to play both uh, in Edinburgh and Brownsville, okay. and we we're in stadium negotiations in both places. And so we have a venue in Brownsville. We'll play at least one game a year in Brownsville. Uh, most of the rest of the games in the uh, home games in uh, in in Edinburgh. And again, we're uh, there are a couple of uh, logical venues that until we. Uh, we'll come up with an announcement when we have something finalized. But right. there, there's some logical venues in the valley, and so uh, in, in a the stadium issue is especially for FCS football is not uh, is not going to be much of an issue all right. at all. Terrific, you know. I every time we speak, and and I appreciate 
you always making time to speak with us on the morning news. We, we talk about other business, and I never get around to another question I have lower on the list. I was hoping maybe in a, in a minute you could uh, review real quick the, the ranking of UTRGV when it comes to the top uh, university for Hispanic graduates overall in Texas, overall in the nation, U.S. News World Report, all these different things. What do you have there in front of you? Where do we rank UTRGV in all these many categories? First of all, among uh, Hispanic-serving institutions, we're we're second in the nation in the number of graduates we produce. Uh, <clears throat> in in many fields, we're in the top three or four. And uh, uh, for example, STEM fields, we produce a lot of graduates. And uh, and so, if you look at just contributions of, to STEM fields for Hispanics, we rank always in the top three or four, uh, sometimes in the top one or two. Uh, and, and again, we have a large student body, and many of those students go into STEM fields. We, we're very pleased. I'll give you one example. We have more physics majors than most universities I've ever been at. I've been at some pretty big universities. And uh, again, our students uh, <clears throat> are very uh, very well schooled in science and math and uh, and often do well there. So we're very pleased. If you look at rankings, the rankings that we focus on most are Washington Monthly rankings because they rank you based on outcomes rather than inputs. U.S. News and World Report uh, will rank you according to inputs. But we don't do too badly there. We do it in U.S. News and World Reports. We're ahead of schools like UTSA. Uh, I think we're tied with UT Arlington. We're ahead of UTEP. Good. And schools like Good. that in right. those rankings. But if you look at Washington monthly rankings with the inputs, well, I'm sorry, with the output, yeah. we rank second in the state of Texas. They have A&M first, us second, and uh, the school up in Austin third. So Terrific. Because uh, in the end, what matters is you know people getting that sheepskin and headed out the door. Dr. Bailey, thanks for your time, as always, from UTRGV, Dr. Guy Bailey. You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids to running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news and to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. Crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it, it's free. Over the past several weeks, we have focused on international bridges in our area extensively. And San Luis, uh, they're going full commercial in about a year. They did a groundbreaking brick-and-mortar facility for checking all those trucks. Dana, in the news a few days back, they're going full commercial, too, about to give it a year or two. It's like they're moving forward fast. But, hey, our commercial bridge at FAR, we get all the traffic coming in from Mexico, though we're at our Far International Bridge. We just finished the fiscal year. We got lots of catching up to do with Luis Bassan. 
He's our director over at our far port of entry. So I, I suppose we could start with some fiscal year numbers. If you, if you would like to start there, Louis, how are we doing as far as traffic and all the business revenue? What you got? Well, thank you, Sergio, for the opportunity. Yes, I mean, so we ended the year, the fiscal year, on a high note. We grew by over 5%, both crossings and revenues. Uh, just the first month of this year, of this fiscal year, October, we closed off the month with 9.23% growth, both in revenues and crossings. So things are on the up and up. Things are looking good. Uh, we continue to, to, to put our money where our, where our mouth is and actually invest in these projects that we've been talking about for several years now. As you know, Sergio, you know, these projects are not easy because you depend on the federal government, you depend on Mexico. There's a lot of folks that are coordinating these projects, but we're excited that we're about to finish our DAP 15 project which, uh, in December of this year, which consists of two commercial entry lanes and two commercial exit lanes. That's going to give us about 30% more added capacity. Uh, next year, we break ground on our DAP 16 project, which consists of the dock expansion, cold room inspection facility, and we also are building a laboratory, brand new laboratory and training center uh, for future ag specialists. Hmm. And we will also be breaking ground on the bridge expansion. So we're building another bridge. So the laboratory would be to test some of the incoming materials or chemicals or crops or something? It's basically for pests, for, okay. for anything that has to do with agriculture. So as you would know, you know, some of these products that are coming in from Mexico, uh, sometimes they have pests that are... Uh, that they come in these shipments, uh, you know, it's it's hard to say whether they're coming in from origin or they got on the truck when they crossed the river. You never know, right? But, you know, it's CDP's job to ensure that these trucks and these products are, are optimum to be able to cross and be able to be crossed and, and, and consumed in the United States. You know, as the number one port of entry it's in a, for produce uh, for the seventh year in a row now, it's in our best interest to ensure that we have the right services and the right facilities to be able to test these things and give that cargo release authority to be able to ship it out in, in, in record time, right? So, again, it's, it's, it's agriculture products mostly. Luis Bassan, Director, Far Port of Entry, our international bridge, all the commercial trucks coming in from Mexico. How many trucks cross on a daily basis, más o menos, Luis? When you're looking at both northbound and southbound on any given day, you're looking at anywhere from 4,800 to 5,000 in and out daily. Okay. So, you know, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite a bit of, of, of trucks that are coming in through this port of entry. Right now, we're at about 80 percent capacity, uh, but that's why it's necessary to be looking towards the future. It's necessary to, to be putting, uh, again, investing big for, for faster trade, and that's why we have to build the second span, our second, our second bridge, right next to the current bridge to be able to have 100% added capacity for more trade. I mean, trade's coming, man. You know, it has never stopped. Even with COVID, it never stopped. There was a shift in trade, but we're still looking at our numbers. You know, for the first for the first six, seven months of, the, of this current calendar year, we've seen up to over 25% growth in value of trade products coming in from Mexico, uh, both imports and exports, actually. Um, you know, that's 25% over where it was last year. So, I mean, there's, there's, there's going to be enough trade for everybody. I know everybody's building out projects right now. Everybody's part of the same, uh, of, of the same pro, uh, program, which yeah. is the Donations Acceptance Program. So, yeah, man, exciting times for everyone. I was going to ask you why the growth from your perspective. Now, if you can indulge me for a second, I, I've been hearing from some EDC folks and City Hall folks saying that the onshore reshore of manufacturing from Asia, man, that's that's kicking Big time in, in Mexico. Oh, yeah. We are getting lots of factories, lots of assemblies in Mexico, and I'm guessing that's going to increase truck traffic. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. So the nearshoring is what you're talking about. And it's nothing new. It's not a new concept. Previous, uh, previous to NAFTA, previous to the USMCA, you know, that's what we had. It was part of the twin plant effect where you have your suppliers closer to your manufacturers. Obviously, being Mexico is our number one trading partner, it makes perfect logistical sense and business sense to be closer to the border. You know, you don't want to be, you know, a thousand miles or further away in, in, in another country. You want to be closer to the border. And these, this means more truck traffic. You know, obviously there's truck driver shortages and there's all of that. And there's going to be supply chain issues. We have not cleared the hurdle on that yet, but we're working towards that. And building this infrastructure, working with the trade, being part of the different trade associations for customs brokers, for transportation, for logistics, for warehousing. It's all part of the game. You know, we, we all have to be in tune. We all have to be coordinating together. And, of course, with Mexico. If Mexico is not it on it, on it you're not, you're not going to get anything done. That is the major difference right now with some of these major border infrastructure projects. Mexico might not be on the same page. With us, we made sure from the get-go that we had Mexico with us on the same page, and that, that's one of the reasons why we're building this additional bridge expansion. As a result of all this manufacturing coming from Asia, setting up shop in Mexico or in just south of us, and all these trucks that will be coming up to us, we're going to need more square footage to either cold, Absolutely. Right, cold storage yes, sure. and warehouse. Right? And there's a shortage right now of square footage for warehousing. That's what you're referring to. One of the things we're kicking off this coming year is a warehouse summit or a warehouse development summit. We've been getting together with bankers, with specialists, with folks from, the, from our EDC here in the last three, four months uh, with our different partners, both in Mexico and US, to bring this series of warehouse development because there is a shortage. There's not enough warehouses to go around. Even though you see a lot of facilities out there, there's not enough space to be able to, to facilitate trade for a lot of these companies that have to distribute from here. So we're going to get to work on that, uh, but uh, but it's just one of many things that we're working on here in FAR. When is that summit, that warehouse development summit, do you know? We have a temporary month, which is January 2023. We don't have a date yet. All right. Uh, we've been planning on it. As a matter of fact, we were going to have it before we closed off the, this calendar year, but we decided as a committee that it was best to keep it for next year because we still have a little bit more, more planning to go. And it's going to be a series. Like I said, okay. we plan to do at least four or five different types of seminars. Um, bring in all the experts and talk about how we can, you know, uh, facilitate the, the purchasing of the of the land and, and get it developed, you know, and with some warehousing specs and things of that nature. Luis Bassan is our director, our port of entry at FAR, all the commercial trucks coming in on a, a re regular basis. Now, you told me we got 5% increase in crossings and revenue uh, fiscal year, most recent 9% increase mm -hmm. as well on revenue. Uh, once, uh, yeah, if fine. and when, we get Ansel Lewis. And we got Donna online, let's say 24, 36 months down the road mm -hmm. at most. Mm -hmm. uh, some of that mm -hmm. traffic will be redistributed a little bit, but also we'll have 24, 36 months to see more manufacturing blossom and be Absolutely. And come back to Mexico. Absolutely. So do you Absolutely. Is it all a wash no, or no, no. We, what? Yeah. No, it's going to be enough for everybody. Look, look, one of our, one of our major things here, the work that we do here as a team at the Farm International Bridge, we sell. You know, that's our strategy. We go out there, we go out there and sell it. We go out there and promote, we do sponsorships. We're trying to bring in more trade. That trade is going to benefit the entire region. It's not going to just, because we understand how it works. The company will decide what bridge or what, where they want to cross through. You know, it's our job to get out there and move it because, you know, at the end of the day, we know that there's companies that are struggling in other major ports of entry, not just in Texas, but in other neighboring states, and they're looking for an alternative. 
So if we can be that alternative here regionally, and, and FAR, again, is leading the way with that, hey, more power to us, right? Because, again, you know, we have the logistics. We're right in the middle of it all. One of the reasons why we see a lot more produce coming in, we had over two, almost 200,000 shipments of fresh produce coming in from Mexico last year alone, is because of that trade corridor that lines up the, the Pacific coast of Mexico with the U.S., and it lines up perfectly here through FAR. So that's why we're seeing a lot of growth in that uh, as an example, right? So, yeah, I mean, we, we, we all have different strategies. We will all develop our projects at the end of the day, and, and there's enough for everybody. If I could make a suggestion just to, you know, differentiate far from the other bridges. I should have said that earlier. Uh, I suggest you speak to City Hall, see if they could encourage Bucky's to open up there in the foreign trade zone uh, nearby. <laughs> so, hey, and we're going to hey, go through far because there's a Bucky's. We've, we've talked to Bucky's. We've talked to Love. We've talked to all these guys. Yeah. Uh, you know, they decided they decided Donna was the best place for them. But we still we still got some tricks up our right. sleeves. Yeah, <laughs> go back to Bucky's again. You'll nail them in. You get okay. Luis Bassan, director, Far Port of Entry. KURV. When news breaks, we break in. Break in. Breaking news. Stay alert and listen to the weather forecast. We need to be aware and alert to what's going on. Breaking news means it's happening now. And we mean now. Breaking news underway right now. Breaking news on News Talk 710 KURV means we're bringing you the news as it happens. We have a multiple In this particular instance, we are in receipt of information. When news breaks, we'll break in. Count on News Talk 710 KURV and KURV.com. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. In the event there's a tropical system in the Gulf of Mexico churning this way, you want to keep it tuned to 710 KURV. Stay informed during hurricane season. Tropical coverage 2022 on air and online at KURV.com. Make possible by Mike's Plumbing, Electrical, and AC, Vega Roofing, McAfee Insurance, and Elephant Building Materials. If in Edinburgh heads up, there's a new online product. You can go to the website and press the tab. Going to help you explain what all those cop cars were doing down the street. Going to help you at the water cooler in those conversations. Our assistant police chief for Edinburgh is Chad Duffner. Chad, welcome to the program. So tell me a little bit more about this program. What's it called? How do you find it? Uh, You can find it on our website. The program is called Citizen Connect. Um... The city of Edinburgh on the website, if, they, if people log on, citizens log on right now, they will have a pop-up window that they can automatically go to the site. And once they go to the site, then they'll be able to move, maneuver around and uh, get the information they want. Why provide this service, Chad? Well, what, what was the driving force behind this? This has been in the works for a while. The whole idea of this is is transparency is let citizens know in our community what's going on if they want to know they're able to go in and look at at areas within the city and see what type of calls for service are going in that area if they want to look around in their own community or if they want to look uh for around their school wherever they want to look around the business that they own they can they can see what kind of, of calls for service the police department is answering in that area. 
Chad Duffner is our assistant police chief for the city of Edinburgh. Yeah, Chad, Tim Sullivan here. So what happens when a resident downloads the software? Do they immediately see what's going on down their street if, if there is some police activity there? No, it is not, it is not real time. There is a, there is a lag. The whole, the whole issue is that if we have an officer at the scene, we don't want, we don't want it available until the, until the, the officer has cleared the scene. Does that make sense? So there is a time lag. So once the, once the call is closed, there's a, it'll update, but it updates every 15 minutes. It's just, it depends upon what type of call and how long it's going to last. Is it interactive? Does the resident have a chance to uh, input any information at all, or is it just for viewing purposes? It's just for viewing purposes. They can log on and they can look at whether it's an incident, just a call for service that doesn't involve a, an offense or an offense. If there's an offense that has been reported, then it'll show up on the, on the website. Is this a software or is it, is it an app as well? It's, a, it's software that we have through uh, Tyler Technologies. Um, it's Citizen Connect. That's exactly what it's called. It's uh -huh. for a community so they can go in and see what's going on in their neighborhoods. Chad Duffner is our assistant police chief for the city of Edinburgh. Aside from helping in the neighborly conversations on, as I started this interview, and down the street, all those cop cars, what was going on? Well, you find out, you know, 30 minutes later, they'll, they'll be posting that information. How can, what useful information can we glean from this to help us either with patrols or maybe setting up patrols? Or what do you see coming from this, Chad? Uh, I see the police department moving to a more proactive policing model because they'll be able to, not only is there the Citizen Connect, there is a law enforcement side of this. And the law enforcement side is going to have a lot more information on the, on the software so that officers will be able to go in there and find out what's going on in certain neighborhoods. So say they come back from three days off and they want to see what's going on in a certain part of town that they'll be working that night, they can go on and see what happened for the last three nights, and that'll be able to adjust their patrols or adjust where they want to go make contact with, with our community. I think your boss made mention of the fact that this would be a good start for setting up a neighborhood watch group. We we have neighbors. Yes, it'd be it'd be. Uh, you can check where the hotspots are and go say, hey, we need to go talk to people out in that community so that we can help them solve whatever problem it is that it's, that's occurring in the community. But Edinburgh is generally safe, right? We really don't need too many of those neighborhood watch groups, do we? <laughs> Edinburgh is generally safe, yes. But there are problems, and there are people that are concerned about. Things that affect their neighborhood, their their uh, church, their school, and this is where they have an opportunity to to speak out and let the officers know, hey, this is what we're concerned about, and this is what we want help with. Where did you get this idea from? Um, any other city in the valley using this type of uh, community-based alert software, or did this come from outside? No, so this the nobody's using it here in the valley. We had um, we had our information, our IT director. He wanted to move over to some software from Socrata. And while he was there, we had an uh, assistant city manager that used to work up north. 
he knew about this software and he let him know and that was that was added into the package when we purchased it assistant police chief for our city of edinburgh chad duffner our guest we're talking about this new citizens connect feature available on the website and you can find out what was going on you saw some activity maybe on the freeway or down the street in your neighborhood you can find out what it was so take us through it real quick just a basic explanation chad when you go online you you click on that citizens connect tab is it do you see like the police report that was generated as a result of this is that what you see no 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 what you'll see is you'll see a map of the city limits of edinburgh and then on the left you can be able you'll be able to look at either cases or incidents or you can look at both and then it'll give you a date range you can go for you can go you can create a custom date range or you can go from a day three days a week three weeks all depends upon what you want okay when you go on there and you hit that you can you can see all the all the uh, calls for service that pop up within the city you're also able to create maps you can create a map and 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 that map it'll just give you the information that you want you can draw a map where you can draw it just around your neighborhood or or the school or half a mile around the school all depends upon what you want how far and the good the other thing about this is is you can create an alert but with the alerts if you want to create an alert you have to sign up with an email and then what you'll do is you'll create a map and anytime there's a call for service in that area where you drew the map, it'll shoot you an alert. Perfect. When did you go online with this at PD, Chad? Last Monday. Okay. So how far back does the data go? Six months, a year, two years? How far back does do these reports go back? Yeah, the software pulls it directly from our records management system. So you can go back several years. I think the oh, wow. most, and man, you're not going to have to, you can't quote me on this, but I want to say you can go up to three years. Hmm. That's, that's pretty good. Anything else you want folks to know about Citizens Connect? On And again, it's the Edinburgh PD website or the city website? The city of Edinburgh website. Okay. You can get on there. There's a pop-up window once they log on right now. They can go straight there. Or they can go to the city of Edinburgh website and go to the police department tab, and they can find the, the uh, link in there. All right. Any new features around the corner that you'll be adding to this that, that you know of? Like, I don't know. Uh, video from police calls, or <laughs> no, I don't. We just got it started. Okay, <laughs> let's let's say it a step at a time. <laughs> okay, I'll let you go back to junior college, get some refresher on software, and we'll pick it up at a later yes, date. Sir. It's a pleasure, Chad. Thank you again for um, your work in the community. You and all the gang at PD. You guys be safe. That's our assistant police chief, Chad Duffner, with Edinburgh PD. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Parami app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Download the free app for 710 KURV and all our sister stations at Radio United. 
crisp, clear audio and access to previous programs from 710KURV only at Radio Parami. Download it. It's free. We get some fresh data showing us what's going on with it. Our housing market from the Ryan, the Brian and Ryan real estate team is my friend Brian Reed. Okay, Mr. B, so we got some fresh numbers. What's going on with our housing market here in, in South Texas? Uh, well, sir, just it's different times. Um, right. We like to say in our team, it's a it's a carpet, complicated market right now, not a crazy market. Uh, market trends can be a little hard to read. Uh, for example, let's look at Adelgo County year over year uh, from September 2022 to versus 2021. Um, if you look at the median closed price, it actually increased by 9.3%. Hmm. Um, however, uh, if you're looking year over year, that can be a little bit misleading as sales prices continue to increase all of 2021 and the first half of 2022. So even though we've seen an increase year over year, uh, month over month, we're seeing prices take a slight turn downward. Okay. Um, Hidalgo County, Hidalgo County dropped from an average sales price of, uh, 255,000, 255,000 in September. And, uh, you look in October, it was 252,000. So it's a small dip, but nonetheless a dip. Um, we'll just have to see, uh, where things are heading over the coming months. Uh, it's a little bit too early to tell. And, and likely, you know, considering the, the fact that it's costing more to purchase a house, 30, 30 year fixed rates going up, interest rates likely okay. to go, continue to go up more than likely. If the homes stay on the market a little longer as a result of folks sitting on the sideline, and we know they are because, I mean, compared to what it was <laughs> this time last year, uh, the the price might be going down uh, near future. For the savvy home buyer, do you think they're going to sit on the sideline a little longer just to make sure they can get a lower price? Or should they just start throwing in lower offers to see if, if the seller maybe budges and, and will go ahead and just liquidate that property? Yeah, I mean, there's there's obviously um, a reasons and motivation for a buyer or a seller right now. Uh, for for sellers, I mean, many have been sitting on the fence for a long time, and the last few years have been crazy. Uh, prices, uh, a lot of sellers have netted a lot of equity over the last two years. So we're we're still in a seller's market. So take advantage of trying to to sell while while we're still in that market and in inventory uh, before it keeps creeping up and pushing us towards the buyer's market. And you know, for for buyers. Um, yeah, I mean, you can put offers out there. There's, there's more inventory. There's a lot less multiple offer situations. Uh, fewer homes are go going above asking price. Uh, homes are being reduced. Um, you have the ability to negotiate concessions. Once again, like repairs, uh, that was, you know, non-negotiable in the last couple of years. Uh, and, and you can simply date the rate, marry the house, and, and re refinance in the future. Days on market, do you see that number fattening up? It hasn't too much. Um, honestly, it's only ticked up about five days. Uh, but, you know, when we're looking at buyer close data, that's really data from things that are put in a contract several months ago and now are closing. Um, but we are seeing, you know, the amount of listings increase dramatically. Uh, the new listings have increased, um, new listings by 22.6%. And the, but, and the active listings, uh, that's, uh, listings on the market by 61.5%. So with a lot more listings, a lot less offers, less showings, obviously the, uh, Inventory is going to continue to tick up. Uh, we were at 2.3 months last this time last year. Uh, we're still at only 3.7 this this month uh, this year. So that's far from being a neutral market. Um, but uh, again, it, it's it's ticking up more more and more towards a, a buyer's market. From the Brian and Ryan real estate team, one of our supporters, one of my friends, Brian Reed. We're looking at the real estate market for the area. I would imagine that for the RGV, we do have the advantage. 
and that our economy, Texas economy and the Valley economy too, people are moving to the area, moving to Texas, moving to the area. So that I would think would be an advantage, a regional advantage for home sellers and knowing that there are customers, there will be customers out there. So don't panic. I I think that would be the message. Yeah. I mean, obviously uh, the Valley has a lot of things that benefited from people moving here. The cost of living is extremely low. Um, over the last two years, we've seen just a, a, a flood of people coming in from the Northeast to the West Coast, uh, just trying to take advantage of our, our low cost of living, um, just our, our great lifestyle down here. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, we have a lot to offer here, and people are going to still keep moving to the Valley. What are some of the recommendations that you're providing to some of these home sellers and try to pretty up their property for the real estate problem? What, what are you telling them to stand out? Well, uh, in the past two years, people would list uh, their properties, not have the best advice. They were using pretty horrible marketing, you know, just picking up their iPhone and taking photos. But it would sell because you had no competition. Uh, now, Nowadays, you're going to have to stand out amongst, amongst the competition. Uh, you're going to need professional photography. You're going to need all the professional marketing you can get. And that's something our team can provide. So you're, you're going to need an expert. The times of just throwing up a... Uh, uh, Polaroid pictures is not going to work anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> and that's what my buddies over at the Ryan and Brian real estate team can do. Okay. Home construction. Uh, is it to the point, is it back now to the point where it, it is creating competition for the present homeowner in trying to get you know, into the market and, and trying to sell? I mean, is home building very strong right now? Uh, yeah, we'll see where home building goes. I, I know building permits took a sharp downturn earlier this year, but then they've kind of slowly trickled back up. Uh, you know, with the price of material getting more realistic, uh, hopefully as we go into 2023, um, building will pick back up. We still don't have enough homes on the ground for, for our growing, uh, uh, region. So uh, I think their building will pick back up. Um, it's just going to be at, at a slower rate than maybe we saw uh, end of last year. On the financing end. Brian, um, what do you see right now? What are we going for, like six and a half, seven, as they've been reporting at the national level? Is that what's taking place down here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's, it's pretty simple. Inflation is the enemy of long-term interest rates. Uh, we have felt the pinch of inflation recently. Higher interest means, rates means less buying power. Uh, the, the 30-year fixed mortgage sits at over 7% right now. That's a, a 20-year high. Um, and obviously, that's a sharp contrast to the 2 two and 3% interest rates people are seeing over the last couple, couple of years. Um, you know, every time interest rates go up 1%, a buyer loses 10% in buying power. So the buyer's uh, potential purchasing power has been hit pretty hard. Um, according to the Mortgage Bankers Association, uh, for the sixth consecutive week last week, the amount of home loan applications decreased. So uh, many experts are agreeing that mortgage rates will correct uh, at some point. Um, but how long that is, it, that, that is up for debate. Surge is different times right now. Uh, buyers are acting like it's 2008 and sellers are acting like it's 2021. The sky isn't falling, and the, and the pandemic years are, are, are past us. You can visit ryanandbrian.com, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you and, and help you uh, juggle this, this different market we're dealing with today. Be safe, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Brian Reed from the Brian and Ryan team.
You're always on the go. Obviously pretty busy. Busy with work. Picking up my kids from school. From work to kids. To running errands. Your entire day is a hands-on, never-ending frenzy of activity. Luckily, getting the news is now voice activated. Just say, Alexa, play 710-KURB. I'd like to know what's going on in my world. I gotta know what's going on in my city. Putting the smart in your smart speaker. I'm getting my news from you and my information. For the latest news. And to find out what's happening in rich, clear audio. Just say, Alexa, play 710 KURB. You're listening to the best of the Valley's morning news. Here's Sergio. Well, he can't be sleeping till noon anymore. He's got to wake up early. Go get that worm early in the morning. Our friend Teclo Garcia joining us. He's a new chief of economic development efforts in the city of Mission. Teclo, congratulations, my brother. Welcome to the program. How you been? Oh, good. Thank you very much. Thank you. You're right. Uh, I was, quote, working, in quote, from home uh, uh, the last several months, but uh, no longer. I'm super happy to be in Mission. I want to thank uh, Mayor Garza and, and uh, the Economic Development uh, Board and, and the City Council for having me over there. I, I'm uh, I'm really appreciative. I'm, I'm ready, ready to get get going. Yes, sir. Well, City of Mission, along with McAllen, Edinburgh, Far, not to be left behind either. Uh, lots of little engines and, and bringing businesses from retail and manufacturing and just looking to the future. Lots of potential, especially on international trade and all the logistics, everything that's, that's taking place these days. Bright future for the Valley. So what do you bring to the Mission Economic Development Office, Techly, You want folks to know, folks who don't know you, t- tell me a little about your background and maybe share with us a little bit of your vision that you bring with you to Mission EDC. Sure, sure Sergio, and thanks for having me on. Uh, again, always great to be in front of you and, and the listeners. I um, definitely uh, have a world of experience, uh, you know, in, in, uh, in economic development and in government relations. Uh, as you all know, uh, I, I was with the city of McAllen be in their legislative efforts and, and public affairs for for several years. Then I was in I was in Laredo as well uh, the last uh, few years, uh, heading up the economic development department uh, for the city of Laredo, and uh, just really got an eye opening experience uh, in Laredo with international trade. Uh, Laredo has four bridges and and uh, and a rail bridge, and uh, it it does more trade eighty billion dollars more in trade annually than the port of Houston does and so you start understanding the whole international trade uh mechanism uh you know from from the ground uh and in mexico and how american firms have invested in mexico and how we can take advantage of the trade why that's so important to mission is because of the expansion of the Anzaduas bridge that uh mission shares with mccallan and, and uh, always the tip of our hat to mccallan for working super hard to, to find the funding uh, for uh, expanding uh, the Anza Duas Bridge at Full-On Commercial. So we're expecting uh, to work really hard these next couple of years uh, before the bridge opens to leverage uh, our our, uh, our expertise in international trade and, and work with the folks like the Killam Group in, in Mission, who I work with in Laredo, to uh, bring new businesses and therefore new jobs uh, to Laredo. Uh, pardon me, to Mission. <laughs> I'm still thinking that. Uh, <laughs> there we you know, go. The killings being based yeah. in Laredo. But what, a couple of real, real quick things, uh, uh, Sergio, is our, our, um, you know, our, our focus uh, at the Mission ABC is 
is uh, to create opportunities for investment, is to create jobs, and to enhance the workforce. There's, there'll be offshoots of those three pillars, but, but those, that's our mission right there. Tanklo Garcia is the new head for economic development efforts for our city of Mission. Yeah, Teclo, Tim Sullivan here, and and welcome home. Teclo, good to have you back. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Speaking of bridges, uh, do you see the development of the Madero Bridge in the relatively near future? I believe the proposal is to make it a truck and rail bridge, not far from Ansel Lewis. Well, certainly uh, Mission is not going to, um, you know, give that permit up, and that's part of the vision of of Mayor Garza and the leadership of Mission is to, uh, is to, you know, anytime anyone has an, a, a bridge permit, you're not going to let that go. And we, we would like to develop that in the near future. However, um, our focus right now is, is the Ansal Duas and how can we, uh, create investment and jobs, uh, by Ansal Duas. The other one will have to come with time, uh, and, and we're going to look at exactly where it needs to be. But for right now, the focus is on Faduas and 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 uh, creating connections in Mexico, uh, so we can uh, create that investment here on this side. And we're working with McAllen and other cities to do that as well. It's not just our effort. And just generally speaking, what would you say is a good industry fit for Mission as EDC director, new EDC director there? What types of industry do you? plan to try to attract and and where do you put them where do you put them in mission well that's a that's a great uh question um tim uh i'm surprised you're not working in economic development because the uh that's a key question going in is every market is different laredo el paso uh you know this is a manufacturing area uh uh, laredo is, is is a transportation hub so what is it that we have here that the market needs is it more distribution space? Is it is it uh, manufacturing? Uh, <clears throat> is it produce and cold storage? Uh, those are the things that that we're in the process of focusing in on. And once we zero in on what that what is it that the market needs, then then we'll go after that 100. Uh, percent You know, and that's by making those connections with uh, industry on this side and on Mexico side, and and try to figure that out. Uh, you. You certainly don't want to put a you know a a, a square peg in a, in a round circle. And hmm. sometimes we often say, well, let's let's go chase you know uh, high tech or let's go you know chase this other industry when that's not when those conditions don't really exist for that to happen in your market. So we have to figure out what's appropriate for our market and then chase that. Where do we put them? Uh, our our good friends at at Killam are developing huge tracts of, of land. And right now, they, in fact, they've launched uh, uh, in a partnership with with, uh, the, with Mission, uh, a large industrial park uh, right next to the Ansel Duas Bridge, 175 acres. That's just the start. We also have other lands besides what, what they have to offer, you know, in and around Mission. And we will work with McAllen on, on our east and, and folks to our west as well to see what we can do. As you know, these jobs that are coming uh, you know, often folks live all over the place. So we, we, we certainly would want to provide, uh, good paying jobs for admission residents, but we know these jobs that, that are going to come are, are regional and, and focused. So, so yeah, 
we're we're ready to, to to get going on all that. Yeah, and they're coming to us. It seems at light speed, and so many different entities that you need to speak with to try to assess this. Not only, for example, the the investors and landowners, but also you know, other businesses in the area, the political leaders, workforce, all those schools, and try to get everybody sure. ready on the same. So now that you're back yep. from the Badlands over in Laredo, back to civilization, <laughs> uh, do you see um, this area with a different mindset now? Uh, instead of competing in Friday night football, cooperating to bring industry to the area? Because all this international trade and everything else on the horizon from LNG at the port potential, SpaceX, all that stuff, it, it seems to be gelling into one entity, one region that needs to bring in uh, and cooperate to bring in industry. Yes, no doubt. Uh, I've said this before. I can appreciate the spirit of competition between the cities, but really the ultimate goal is is for us to compete as a region. Uh, there's other regions that compete uh, together. You know, I always like to use an example of the Dallas-Fort uh, Worth Airport. You know, Fort Worth and Tarrant County, they hate Dallas, and Dallas hates Fort Worth, and they've been at it for, <laughs> for more than a century. But they've come together to do some great regional stuff, and I think the seeds have been sown by, by lots of folks here uh, to do regional cooperation. We've got one MPO now. We've got the RGB partnership. We're there good. Go. I think yeah. I think we're that yeah. that spirit of cooperation is here. We All wish. good points because there is eventually going to be a time where there may be just one airport <laughs> in the whole Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> we wish you great success, Teclo, and keep in touch. Teclo Garcia is the new chief for economic development efforts in the city of Mission. This is the only radio station in the Rio Grande Valley for the news and information you need to know. We are News Talk 710K URV. Discover our Facebook page, 710KURV, also Twitter. I'm Sergio Sanchez, and my email is sergio at kurv.com. Thank you for listening to News Talk 710KURV. As long as you're scrolling through your phone, checking out your friend's latest Instagram post, take a moment to download the Radio Para Mi app. Take the app with you wherever you are and whatever you're doing. Stay updated with top and bottom of the hour news and the latest weather forecast. Plus, you can listen live to local talk shows, nationally syndicated programs, and listen to previous interviews you might have missed, all in crystal clear digital audio. It's called the Radio Potomy app. Find it in your Google Play or Apple App Store from your friends at News Talk 710 KURV.